Welcome to the Brinkman Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the family audio drama, The Brinkman Adventures. We talk about how it was recorded and the stories behind it, and a lot of times we get to talk to the missionaries, which is always great fun. I'm your host, Eric Schilder. And I'm Sarah Boltman. And we're so happy to uh, bring you this episode. Uh, this is our episode 24, if you're keeping track. And uh, Sarah, how you been? I'm doing great. I am loving this weather. It is so nice out right now. It's It's been a warm summer overall, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Yep. It's getting a little cooler now, but it's been delightful. Yeah, we've actually had uh, here in Wisconsin a lot of flooding. There's mm-hmm. like parks that are underwater and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's <laughs> been kind of crazy dealing with that. I've got a lot of fans blowing in my basement just yep. to keep everything dry. Yeah. But I understand uh, you were in Michigan recently, weren't you? I was, yeah. I just got back about a week and a half ago, and I got to do a, a Brinkman VBS for a bunch of my nieces and nephews. So that was super fun. What, what was that like? What kind of things did you do? Um, well, we did season six. So I wrote some curriculum for that really quickly. And we did a treasure hunt based on the story okay. where we're looking for treasure. So I had the kids outside <laughs> looking for this buried treasure. And we did um, an obstacle course based on the jail episode, kind of the guy trying to get out of jail. So all the kids oh, had to run okay. around. And yeah, we did memory verses and it was really fun. And the kids really loved it. And I think it brought the stories down to a much deeper level for them. And it was really powerful. It was special. Yeah, there's nothing quite like being able to, you know, play the stories mm-hmm. that you hear. And yeah. especially with someone who, some of the story you were in some of the stories. Yeah, so, so fun. That sounds like a really good time. Well, I'm really excited about this particular uh, podcast Me episode. Too. It's one of my favorites. Uh, we're talking about episodes from season five. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be episode four and episode five. Uh, th- it's a two-parter, uh, and it's called Bad Legs, talking about uh, Eleanor Young. And uh, we've got a clip. Uh, we've got actually a couple of clips of this, this particular show. Josh, why don't you go ahead and run the first clip? Eleanor, just relax. Very soon we'll be able to help you breathe easier. We have a machine called an iron lung. It'll do the work for you. Now I need to talk to your parents, but I'll be back in a few minutes, all right? Thank you. You're welcome, sweetheart. Rosetta, Alfred, I'm sorry, but we believe your daughter has two forms of polio. What? She has paralytic polio, which randomly affects portions of the body. And more seriously, though, we believe she has bulbar polio, (laughs) which affects parts of the brain and the brain stem. There is an 80 to 90% mortality rate for a situation (laughs) such as hers. If she does live... She will be an invalid her whole life. No, God. No. I'm so sorry. Lord, you can't do this to our little girl. Not Eleanor. No. As time went by, Eleanor grew worse. She was completely paralyzed from her neck down, and she could barely talk. God, we can't fix this. We surrender our daughter to you and your good purpose. Mommy? Eldor, dear. You're awake. Can I pray? Go right ahead, sweetie. God, I'm dying. I need you. Yeah. 
please help us, Heavenly Father. All right, so we're starting off on a very serious note here. But, you know, the good thing is we've got a little bit of a spoiler. So that girl they were talking about with the polio that was uh, saying she was dying. Uh, If you ever wonder what happened to her, let's, let's find out. And I'm going to introduce right now Eleanor Young. The little girl that was uh, dying of polio there. Uh, Eleanor, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right. So the spoiler is uh, you didn't die at that particular point in time. That's right. And <laughs> I still haven't. Yeah, I was just going to say. And, and since then, how's things been going? Well, I tell you, God has given me a joy-filled life. Oh, that's fantastic. Eleanor, can you tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself? Where where were you born and grew up? Um, you know, what, and where do you live now? Yes. In fact, as I uh, sit here talking to you, I'm looking out my window at the field that I looked at all the time I was growing up. I'm living where I grew up on a farm in Chatteroy, Washington, just north of Spokane. That is so special. I didn't know you were living there now. Yes. That is neat. We hear about that that um, homestead there in the episode, and I almost feel like I've been there after listening to your yeah. episode so many times. <laughs> exactly. And, and it, it's so funny that uh, you know, here you grew up on this place and you went, you know, clean across the world and and you'd serve God. Yeah. And where are you now? You're back home. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in this episode, in fact, the clip that we played, uh, it was talking about how at, at a young age you were diagnosed with polio. And I think... You know, a lot of a lot of our listeners, a lot of the people that listen to the Brinkman Adventures are our kids, and they may not know really anything about polio. Can you tell us a little bit about the polio sort of epidemic and what happened and what was it exactly and how did it affect you? Yes, there were some big epidemics in the 1940s. And the biggest one was in 1952, and that's when I got polio. Polio is actually a virus, and it's related to the cold and flu viruses, Hmm. but those viruses cannot get past the bloodstream into the parts of the brain and spinal column that are the central nervous system, and the polio virus, that was its target. And when it it got into the central nervous system, it started killing off uh, motor neurons and other kinds of things that control both muscles that you can control and muscles that are automatic, like breathing at night when you're asleep. Wow. So, So in the episode, we hear that you actually had two forms of polio. What was that? Yeah, the other form was the spinal polio. That polio virus randomly attacked motor neurons up and down the spinal column. Motor neurons are the communication line between the brain and muscle fibers. Hmm. And so that spinal polio is the one that caused paralysis of muscles that you can control, arms and legs and and your trunk muscles and those kinds of things. So I had 
bulbar polio that um, attack things that I can't think about. Things like squeezing your blood vessels uh, down uh, when it's too hot out, uh, too cold outside, and that keeps the blood warm and or opening them up on the surface of your skin, just under your skin to cool you off oh. in summer. Uh, those kinds of muscles, even that wow. was part of the bulbar polio. So you're you're. They mentioned that that your speech was affected, but also your walking. And I know that there's a there's quite a part in the story about that. Yeah, the uh, paralytic polio. That's the one that that affects what you can do with your arms and legs and things like that. And I think it's interesting. On the episode, we hear the doctor tell your parents that you had a eighty to ninety percent mortality rate. And you'd be an invalid yes. your whole life. So how did you get better? <laughs> well, I uh, I think God took over <laughs> when uh, when I felt myself actually dying. I could feel it creeping up my body, starting at the feet. I just called out to God and asked, said, "Please help me," and uh, He did. And uh, that's the only answer I have for it. And that's a good enough answer for me. <laughs> so not only did, you know, you obviously survived, and but you had some disabilities with walking and speaking. And I know that the episode goes into a little bit. There's walking around a lake, I think, is, is, is kind of one of the things. But let's, let's jump forward a little bit to another really interesting bit, which is that um, God called you to be a missionary. And when, yeah. when did that happen? When did that happen for you? And how did you feel a sense of uh, certainty? Well, it, it happened kind of gradually. When I was about nine years old, I began to um, think that, that maybe God wanted me to be a missionary uh, when I grew up. And as the years, few years went by, I became more and more convinced of that until when I was about 12 or 13, I knew for certain that was what God had for me. Mm -hmm. And it was just an inner knowledge. I, I can't describe it. I didn't hear a voice from heaven or anything. Hmm. I, um, I just knew in my heart. And, you know, that's usually where God speaks to us is in our hearts. Yeah, but it, it had to be, it had to be particularly difficult because of the challenges you were facing. And um, in fact, actually, it's, it's interesting. I'm going to pause here for a second, Eleanor. We've got another clip that actually is right around this time. Go ahead, Josh, and play that clip. If anybody here think God wants you to be missionary, please come up to front of church right now. Eleanor's heart was beating fast. She knew God had called her, but she had never told anyone at her church. She was afraid of what they might say. Sir, I believe God wants me to be a missionary. That is very good. 
I'm sorry that the only one that responded tonight was that poor little crippled girl, and she'd never be able to go. Mister, who the Lord calls, he uses. All right, that's one of my favorite lines, actually, from the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I actually had the privilege of being there when it was recorded, so that was particularly fun for me. Um, and so, you know, I think this sets up a, a really good question, because here in the drama, you can hear the call go out, and then in response, you hear the click-clack of crutches uh, or, or, you know, of, of, of braces. And... The, a child with the the trust in God saying, I, I believe God wants me to be a missionary. And then obviously the reaction. And I think we, we talked earlier uh, in pre-show about what that must have been like. How did you feel coming forward? Did you have any inkling? Either you were really brave or maybe naive or, <laughs> or a combination of the two. To think that, you know, here you, you feel like God is calling you to be a missionary. Did you have any idea what people would say and how did, how did that affect you? Yeah, I, uh, I, I knew that it was, it would look like a very foolish thing. And, and I saw in the eyes of some of the people as I walked up the aisle in, the, in our little church that night. I saw that they were thinking, oh, this poor little girl doesn't know what she's doing. And so I was, um, I was embarrassed by that. And um, later on, that caused a little bit of uh, rebellion in my heart. I figured I knew what was um, logical for me to do, and I could figure it out myself. But... <laughs> But um, I, I finally came to the point of just giving that to the Lord and saying, okay, I'll uh, follow you and uh, we'll just go your way. Wow, that is so, that's so powerful. And, I, and in the episode, we kind of hear you begin struggling with that, you know, wanting to go to the other college versus Prairie Bible College, which didn't seem that fun. But it really, for you, it was a, it sounded almost like a crisis of faith. Are you going to believe that God's there or go your own way? So talk to us about that a little bit. Yes, it was a crisis of faith. I realized that I couldn't straddle two horses and ride them both at the same time, if I could put it that way. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I had to either follow God wholeheartedly or try to pretend that I was this nice Christian girl when actually there was rebellion in my heart toward God. And, um, and it, it took me a couple weeks, but uh, I came to the point of finally saying, okay, um, I will obey the First thing I know you want me to do, and uh, I will trust you for uh, what happens there and the steps afterwards. And uh, as I began to obey the Lord one thing at a time, 
I discovered it was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's marvelous. And, you know, I I have to say, I really, I admire you in the Lord. Let's put it that way so you don't get too proud. But the idea that, you know, here you've been through some tough times there and you had sort of every reason to pity yourself or to say, hey, I, I can't do this. Uh, you know, God doesn't really want this of me. Um, you know, you, you had legitimate reasons, so to speak. But yet, you know, you you followed the Lord and you put your faith in him. And I, I, it's a it's a wonderful story. And I just would like if you could speak uh, maybe directly to our listeners for anyone who, whether it's a disability or an economic thing or education or anything that when God calls you, what kind of advice or encouragement can you give our listeners? Yes. Um, I'm, uh, I've, I've done a, a lot of thinking about that lately because I am writing a book about my experiences Wonderful. and um, the, the, guiding premise of that book is your brokenness can be your greatest qualification when placed into God's hands. And uh, so I think that's, that's what I would say. That's, that's wonderful. When uh, you're working on this book now, um, any idea when it, when it'll be done? Uh, no, it may not be until 2020. Well, I definitely hope that that actually yeah. happens because I know, you know, we've we've heard this story and uh, not only of your childhood, but then, you know, when you became a missionary and it's a it's a fascinating story. It's very inspirational. And we've got you on Skype. I kind of walked by and waved a little bit. And I have to tell you, you're just how I pictured you. <laughs> and it, it's weird because I was I was I was telling Ian earlier that you know I've listened to these episodes so many times, and granted there's a there's a a, a voice actor playing you know the part of Eleanor Young actually a couple uh, as you know child and then yeah. adult. I feel like I kind of know you a little bit, or at least you you remind me of my grandma or something. I don't, I don't know. So I want to encourage you to keep working on that book because mm-hmm. there are things that you can pass on to a younger generation that desperately, uh, desperately need it. Yeah. I have a question for you, Eleanor. Did you, as you were struggling, you know, through what people think of you when you're doing what you felt God called you to do, struggling to push through the winters at Prairie Bible College, um, struggling through, even at the end of this episode, we hear the mission board saying, we probably won't be able to approve sending you onto the field. Did you ever ask God, why? Why did you allow this to happen to me? Did that ever come through your mind? And if so, what? how did you come to peace with that, maybe even before you went on the mission field? Yes, I did. Once, actually, when I was a child, about 10 years old or so. Mm. And, um, you know, I knew that God could completely heal me. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had that ability. And I could visualize how wonderful that would be. Mm. And I just said, why don't you do that? (laughs) 
<laughs> and it was almost this time as if I did hear a voice. <laughs> not quite, but the thought came to me, not yet. Hmm. And you know that not yet may not happen until heaven. Hmm. And then the other time was when I was actually in my senior year at uh, Prairie Bible College. And um, uh, again, I was asking God the whys. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I found 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where um, the Apostle Paul had also asked, begged God to remove his affliction. And uh, God said, no, because my strength shows up best in your weakness. And uh, that was enough. That settled my heart on that issue. I knew that God's purpose for my weakness was to display his glory. And that was wonderful. Wow. In the episode, we hear you struggling with um, a waitress, you know, talking to your friend instead of you about you, and you're sitting right there and struggling that you yeah. can't roller skate and just how how maybe strangers would interact with you and just that tension. Can you maybe bring us into your mind as a person who on the outside is having some, you know, have to do this differently and this differently? And how can people who don't understand what you're going through care well for those who are um, have to do life differently than us? Yes, that's a good question. And, you know, it wasn't just that they used to do that. People still do. Hmm. They, for some reason, um, Physically normal people often seem to assume that physical disability means um, intellectual lack mm -hmm. yeah. as well. And so mm -hmm. they will not talk directly to you. If you are with someone else, they'll talk to that person. Um, even now, if I go to a store with a friend and go up to the check counter, the clerk will invariably look at my friend and mm. say, uh, check or credit card or whatever, paper or plastic. And um, <laughs> if only you know, they my knew. friends are alert to that. And so <laughs> they look at me and I give the answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so it, it's important to just acknowledge that. Um, People with disabilities, that's the only thing wrong with them, is their disabilities. Now, there are some that that, that is not the case, but I have a friend who has pretty severe cerebral palsy. She has a really hard time talking mm -hmm. and a hard time using her hands. But, man, is her mind sharp. Hmm. And that's... She gets talked to that way also. Mm. And, um, you know, we are all um, have the dignity of being made by God for a special purpose. And um, people need to be 
aware of that. Can you give us an example of somebody who did it in a way that surprised you? Like, wow, that was really special because it'd be neat to be, you know, as we're as we're followers of Jesus in this world, we get to demonstrate what he's like. And so being able to do that for people with a disability, I would I would love to just every single time knock it out of the park in a way where they're like, wow, they get it. They see me, you know, how can that be done? Well, a gentle way would be just to be saying to that person, why don't you ask her? Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You know, just that that would gently point out to them uh, the error of what they just did, but mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a kind way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of times people hesitate because they're not sure how the person, the other person feels. You know, they don't want to make an awkward situation, I think, but they don't realize they're, they're making one by they're making treating it, them differently. They're making it worse. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that that's why I decorate my crutches. Nice. <laughs> so, so that people will see that I'm not sensitive about it. They yes. can notice and look at me and yeah. talk to me. Yes. And I think it's interesting because that's your normal. So for you, it's not strange. And they can just, I don't know, I just, I just love it that, you know, who we are is our spirit. It's our soul. It's our inner person is us. And everybody's the same in that way. And I just love that, that Jesus always spoke to that person that was inside. He, he saw all of us. He saw our, I mean, we're eternal beings. That's who we are. And um, I just, I love the idea of, um, of you with the decorated crutches laughing about, you know, look at this. And I just love that, you know, and you're teaching people. Or, as or you someone do that. that doesn't, you know, hear their thinking that uh, you, maybe you're, you can't do something and you're remembering some time in, in, uh, you know, when you were in the field, <laughs> here, right. here you were in the field, you know, facing all these difficulties. And, and I'm going to put a pin in it there. Because uh, we're going to talk about this on the next episode, and we're we're going to wrap it up. Eleanor, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It it has been fantastic. You're welcome. I've loved it. Well, we have too, and we look forward to talking to you again. So uh, for this episode, I'm Eric Schilder, and I'm Sarah Boltman, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.